Welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. Our goal is to connect dreamers with doers and create a network of people who work together to accomplish their dreams. If you'd like to connect with us, you can email us at launchpadmovement at gmail.com. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the episode today. Hey, what's up, man? What's up, man? Realize it's it's been so long since we've used Anchor that uh, everything's updated. How <laughs> <laughs> to start an episode? So there um, we go. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. Yeah, welcome back, <laughs> welcome back. It's been a while, but uh, it's not well, because we just decided not to record podcast. But uh, yeah, I guess it's because we decided not to record podcast <laughs> because we're just so busy with everything we have going on. Um, so. We're trying to loop back in and provide some more content. Um, so, um, yeah, just want to jump in and, and kind of start talking about some opportunities and um, things that, that some of our listeners have and, and things that we're going through. And, uh, yeah, so um, I think we were talking about uh, – I put a video out yesterday on Facebook talking about um, – the ability to fund your passion. So, you know, a lot of people have these startup ideas or they have these um, dreams of being an entrepreneur and then they get down to funding and they're like, okay, how the hell do I fund this? Um, and there's a lot of great, you know, places for crowdfunding and stuff. But the, the, the big thing is you're, you're probably working a job and you probably hate that job or at least you're ready to, to, to do your own thing. But that job is your investor. So when you're there from nine to five, that's, that's your biggest investor and you should treat them as such. You should do a great job while you're there, but that money is what's giving you the fuel to go and chase your dreams. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was such a, a powerful thing. I, you know, I, originally when we were going to start this episode, these are like asking some of the things we we're discussing what we we're going to talk about. And I said, man, I think we need to hit on that video. Cause I think you know, anybody who's wanting to become an entrepreneur and, and we're, we're doing this as a side hustle. You're probably doing your job as a side hustle, you know, whatever you're trying to get into as a side hustle. And a lot of the issues with starting a, a business or entrepreneurship is funding. You know, I mean, even as a real estate agent, it's, it's the, the startup costs are fairly minimal, but you still have to invest in it. You got to invest in education. You got to invest in business cards. You got to invest in signs. You know, um, if you're with mm-hmm. a company, you got to pay that company, which costs money. And where do you get that money from? You know, when I, as a real estate agent, you're not making money right away. You got to fund houses, sell houses, and complete transactions. So, how do you fund those things? Well, it's like you said, through the current job that you're working. So, if you're working a side hustle and trying to start a business, the way that you're funding that side hustle is through the the full time job that you have. And I think a lot of people forget that. You know, they get so focused on the fact they hate their job, they don't want to work anymore, and why can't this thing just take off? And what they need to remember is, like you said, this is their number one investor is the company they're working for right now. So if you you mess that up, unless you're ready to, to dive in full force, you know, into this side hustle, uh, make sure you're giving a 100, 110% to the, the current job that you're in because it speaks volumes anyways. Um, if, if, if that's someone else's business, you want to run that the same way that you want to run your own business. Yeah, I think that's, that's the key is when you're working for somebody else, regardless if you like it or not, um, they are your biggest investor because if you lose that, you lose your income. Now, not to say it can't be replaced. You know, some people could replace it fairly easy, I would assume. But, you know, some of us are in pretty good positions. I mean, that you know, uh, I didn't start a side hustle because I hate my job. Um, I started a side hustle because I love leading people. And I actually get to do that where I'm at, you know. But, you know, regardless of where you're at and what you're doing, you, you've got to treat your employer as your biggest investor. That You've got to treat them with respect. You've got to be putting in the work while you're there. You know, uh, you want to piss off your uh, your your boss, then, uh, you know, if you're a photographer, don't let him walk by your desk. You're supposed to be, you know, running analytics on, on spending and you've got your camera out and you're, you know, on eBay trying to buy a new lens for it. Like that's a, that'd be a horrible thing because now now your investor looks at you and goes, what the hell am I paying this guy for? So uh, it's, it's important right. to keep to keep the lines, you know, clear where you're at. And a lot of people ask me all the time, man, how did you do everything that you do? 
Um, and, you know, as a guy who um, is running two companies and then I have a uh, podcast that I'm doing with Justin and, you know, and now and, and then I also am a national sales director for a large company and they pay me as an employee of that company to represent them. And it's easy sometimes to see the looks on people's faces because they, they see me all over the place all the time in real estate. Um, also with some e-commerce stuff that I'm doing and they, and they, they they're like, okay, yeah, well, um, how about this project that you're supposed to be working on? And I, and I have to make it clear, look, I, I define myself. I have the, a cool privilege that I get to work from home or on the road all the time. So, so but I, I still have to define my, my day. Um, and, you know, during business hours, I got to make them the priority. And then that 5.30 to 1.30 a.m. hustle um, is for my real estate business or, you know, growing and campaigning. That's mainly nighttime anyway when I'm meeting with people. Um, and then also for my e-commerce and uh, also the podcast coming up. This is, That's the time of day when I'm looking and reading and researching and trying to do stuff to, uh, to come on here and share. And, you know, I think that's important is treat them like an investor. Don't just treat them like – you know, whatever, this is my paycheck. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to take it seriously. Right. Well, and you know, I, I was talking to someone today, actually, who was looking at another job opportunity and, you know, it was, it was, they're kind of looking, they're trying to start their side hustle and the side hustle is their end goal. And, you know, they're debating on whether they should take this new opportunity because it was kind of in line with what they're doing, but it's going to allow a little more freedom and so on and so forth. And, you know, when I was talking through, I said, look, you know, you really got to ask yourself the question, what's, what's your end goal? Is the end goal to go here or is the end goal to go there? You know, if, if you're trying to start a side hustle and the end goal, you know, like you said, your, your end goal wasn't necessarily start a, start a side hustle to quit your job and work that side hustle. It was just to, to have something else. But some people want to start side hustles so that they ultimately can quit. Well, in order to do that, you, you do have to have your primary investor. But if your primary investor the job that you have isn't allowing you the freedom or the, the time you need to properly invest in that side hustle. Maybe you do need to pursue a different avenue. I think that the, the question really needs to come back to what's the end goal and what's going to help me accomplish that end goal the best. You know, is this current position going to allow me to ultimately have enough flexibility to work on my side hustle effectively? Or is my side hustle ultimately going to cost me this job in the end? Because, you know, I, I'm trying to use the time while I'm at work to work on the side hustle. You know, maybe you find something that pays a little bit less, but gives you more freedom to work on your side hustle that ultimately wants to become your full-time hustle. And those are all questions I think that people have to kind of navigate through. You know, something, something that I had to navigate through in my career transitions was to find the job that was going to allow me the freedom to do what I needed to do if I wanted to do a side hustle. Well, you um, know, and, and one thing is we have to, we have to, to, to un there's a trend right now in, in like uh, among homeschool communities and stuff like that where, where they're actually teaching unschooling, um, which is to get out of the mindset that school happens from 8, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. and that, you know, you got to be sitting at your desk to learn. I think the same thing's happening um, as social media continues to progress and, you know, we continue to have better reach to the world um, through through the internet and cell phones and uh, podcasts and everything like that, that we really have to unwork ourselves. Um, we have to, to come to a realization that work isn't nine to five, you know, that you can't actually be doing work before that because, hey, that's my time. And then after five o'clock, well, hey, that's my time too. Um, and I have a large family, man. I mean, you're a family man and I'm a family man. I've got, I've got six kids at home and a wife that want to see dad. So I have to figure out how to make all these things, all these things work at once. But the reality is, you know, there's several nights, like, you know, the last three nights I've been up till almost 2 a.m. Um, working on things because uh, it's, it's my quiet time. It's, you know, my, my kids are asleep. My, my wife is asleep. And quiet time like, with kids. I'm like, yes. <laughs> This is the time, man. Like I can get up and I got a couple of hours here to, to knock out some work. My wife's like, why are you up at 2 a.m. doing this work? And I'm like, because I want to spend time with you when you're awake. So I have to make it work. So the, the reality is you got to think about the whole day. So if you're working a job, you're nine to five, that's their time. And that's what they're paying you for. So you got to come figure out, all right, if I got to get to work at nine, then I need to wake up at five and from five to eight thirty until I'm walking out the door to go to my nine to five job. That I'm, I'm working on me stuff. 
Um, as soon as I get home from 5.30 to 1.30 in the morning, I'm working on me stuff. And then you have to determine how you want to spend your time. And, you know, the reality is is you're going to have to put in 10-hour days to, to start something. So you've got to put a lot of time and energy into it. But the, but the main thing is to realize that it doesn't have to be between the hours of 9 and 5 to be considered work. And you don't have to be getting paid for it for it to be considered work. So keep your startup mind there. And that was the purpose of the video, just to let people know most of you already have somebody who's investing in you, um, you know. Uh, so take advantage of it. They're investing in you. They're paying you money for your time. And the goal is that you want to get more money for your time because time is something you don't have an abundance of. So how do you do it? You, you take advantage of all the time you have available to you now until you figure out a way to make more money for your time. Yeah, I had a, I had a great leader once tell me, he said, you need to audit your time. And, you know, he said, if you sit down and write out step by step everything you do throughout the day, from the time you wake up to the time that you go to bed, he said, I guarantee you, you're going to find time that you're wasting. He said, so, you know, a lot of people want to sit here and say, I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time. But if they were to sit down and audit their, you were to spend seven days the next week and take a pen, pen and pad. And from the moment you get up to the moment you go to sleep, you write down everything that you do. I guarantee you'll find time that you're wasting somewhere, you know, and, and you know, you, you gotta make the choice. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is a guy that I love to follow. And he, he sits there and he says, you know what? He said, I, I'm not telling you you have to live the lifestyle that I live. He said, you, you sit here and tell me that you want to make the kind of money I make. You want to do the things that I'm doing. He said, but you're not willing to live the life that I'm living. He said, if you make the sacrifices that I make, he said, then you can have the same things that I have. He said, but most people aren't willing to do that. And he said, that, I'm perfectly fine with that. The thing is, is that if you are perfectly happy with the salary that you're making and the, the time that you're putting into your job and everything else, that's perfectly fine. He said, but don't come to me and complain and tell me that you hate your job and you hate your life, but you're not willing to put in the extra work it takes to, to get out of it. He said, right. if you're fine with it, live it. If you're not fine with it, do something about it. That's right. So I think that's that's really what it comes back to is, you know, priorities and, and goal setting. Is this ultimately what you want? Are you willing to make the sacrifice to get there? Um, and, and like you said, it means staying up late sometimes, you know. That's you want it. to spend time with your family and work a side hustle that's ultimately going to lead to a full-time hustle? Well, there's sacrifice in that. Are you going to sacrifice your family time or are you going to sacrifice your sleep time? Right. No, I, I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. So – um, I mean, maybe you're listening and you're like, well, I've got this cool idea and, you know, you, you, you're trying to map all this out. So today we want to take a, a, a little bit of time and just kind of walk through some of the startup pieces. So um, I was actually online and read a really cool little mini uh, article and it was actually a little mini clip video uh, from Heather Surden, who's the founder of Above the Glass. Um, she's a really unique entrepreneur. Uh, look her up if you don't know who she is. But um, she just had this little blurb that rolled off of her um, her blog and actually got posted on entrepreneur.com, but it was her talking about jotting things down. So, like, it, it, when, when you have thoughts, um, the, the first step from turning a thought into a reality is to write it down. Um, you know, I call them napkin sessions. Uh, I have them everywhere I go. Uh, yesterday, matter of fact, I met with a web developer uh, who's working on some e-commerce stuff with me. And I told him, I was like, I can't talk to you without, I've got, I started pulling out papers and napkins and all this stuff in front of me. And I had different colored pens and he's looking at me like, what, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, look, I can't tell you what I'm trying to tell you. I have to kind of show you and, and write it down and map it um, in order for me to get it out. Um, and I, and I, I do this everywhere I go. I'm always jotting that. Um, so, you know, basically what she said was the, you know, uh, talking about Heather Surden, she was saying, you know, the first thing you need to do is just start jotting down your ideas. Jot them down. As soon as they come on your mind, write them down somewhere. Um, and then you continue doing that as you start developing the idea into a reality, then you have to kind of start formulating a business plan. So um, I know some of you guys listening are like, business plan? Oh, my God, I don't even know how to you know, think about a business plan. And do you need a business plan to be successful? Absolutely not. But it does help, um, especially if you're scatterbrained like me. So some of the things that she was saying you should start pondering uh, during your napkin sessions here would be, you know, how do you make money? Because um, that's, the, that's the biggest piece to a startup. Um, 
you know, if you're doing this to, to start a business, you got to be able to make money. If you can't make money, then it's not a business. <laughs> so, um, you know, the first thing is how do I make money? And then, you know, start answering these questions to yourself. Uh, I sell a product, you know, I provide a service. That's how I make money. And then, you know, um, kind of the next piece would be, well, how much does it cost me to do this idea? You know, if you're thinking about going into landscaping and you say, hey, how do I make money? I cut people's grass. Uh, what's it going to cost me to start? Well, I got to go buy, you know, a $5,000 or $10,000 lawnmower. I've got to have a trailer. I've got to have a truck. You know, those are your costs. And then once you understand how you're going to make money and how much it's going to cost you to make money, the third question you need to write down and answer is, how am I going to fund it? And that's where a lot of people lose hope. And that kind of goes back and ties into the video from yesterday. But I would say most people, when they take their dream and they start writing it down and you start jotting these napkins down, when you get to how am I going to fund it, it pretty much kills the vision. What do you think? Yeah, you know, and I, I don't think it should. I think that's just a, a, an obstacle that has to be overcome somehow. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a million ways to make money. You know, there's, there's a... One of the things, again, I'm going to reference back to Gary Vaynerchuk. He always talks about uh, free items on Craigslist. Uh, if you go on Craigslist, there's free items all the time. People that are moving, and they just got to get rid of crap. It's got to get out of their house because they, they've got to move, and they can't leave it there. And sometimes they're good items. And it might be a piece of furniture that's, that's heavy, and they don't want to take with them. Um, it might be, you know, patio table and stuff like that. They just don't want to move. Um, and you can take those items and resell them. And the fun thing is that the profit on zero dollars is a hundred percent. So if you go get this crappy patio table and you resell it for $25, you just made $25. There's literally no cost in that other than your gas at the time you go pick it up. Um, you know, now you may not have the vehicle to do that, but Hey, may have a friend that does you know if it's worth the investment of giving him 20 bucks because you know that you're going to make 200 bucks off of it um well you made 180 and you invested 20 um you know so there's there's plenty of potential out there for you to make money again i think the problem in that is that a lot of people see that number and they can't think creatively outside of what they currently have to be able to get some extra money right well i mean the the biggest thing is people get so intimidated by the number i mean um, you know, and a lot of times people overthink it. Well, here's some here's something refreshing. Is right today is the easiest time in the world in the history of the world. Today's the the easiest and the most affordable it's ever been to start your own business. Um, yeah. So you have all the resources at, at the tip of your finger. Most of them are free. The ones that you have to pay for are relatively inexpensive. Um, and you know, so don't be intimidated by the numbers. The numbers are just an obstacle. Um, you know, it's just part of it. You got to You got to be fair with yourself. So when you're doing these evaluations, you know, question one, how do I make money? Question two, what's it going to cost me to make that money? Question three, how am I going to fund it? Don't get discouraged by question three. Just keep pushing along because question four on the napkin session, I think, helps you overcome the anxiety around question three. And question four is what's the potential for income? So, like, this is where you would you would evaluate your industry or what you're trying to go into and say, hey, what is, you know, uh, e-commerce uh, sales or, you know, uh, in a certain industry. You would just go in and say, okay, well, who are my competitors? And you should make a list of those, like, at least the top three to five competitors and say, all right, what's the market out there? How much money is available? You know, so when you're looking at it and you're going, damn, I got to come up with 10 grand to get started. Um, but then you look at the, you know, question four, what's the potential for income? And it's a million dollars and you start playing those odds. Okay. I got to spend 10,000, but I can make 1 million. Um, you know, that, that's when it starts becoming uh, more, a more realistic uh, picture. And you realize that the, you know, funding it is just one small piece. Um, I was just going to say, uh, you know, market analysis and, and really searching out your competitors is a, is a big thing that I think a lot of people forget. You know, they come up with this grand idea and they forget to see who, who their competitor is. I think that's a big part of starting your business and, and understanding the market. But on the flip side of that, I think some people do that research and they become instantly discouraged because it's like, oh, I got this great idea. And then they go to look it up and they see the 15, 20, 30, 50, 
50 people are doing it in their same area. You know, if you want to start a landscape business, well, there's a gazillion landscapers out there. So what's going to set you apart and, and allow you to make money when there's so many well, awesome guys out there making so much money? Well, that's the, that's the truth about everything is you're selling you. You know, you're bottling you up and putting you in a brand. But, the you know, talking about, you know, doing market research on your competitors uh, in, in the – my job as the national sales director for um, PCI construction products, the uh, owner of the company and the president of the company will ask me a question sometimes. And, you know, I will respond with in- intricate details of what my competitors are doing. Um, and they'll kind of look at me like, how do you know so much about what your competitors are doing? I said, well, one, I, I, I keep on top of it. You know, I send out polls and surveys to my customers all the time. Especially if I lose a piece of business, I want to know why I lost it, how I lost it, yeah. and what I can do to get it back. But something that I do that's kind of out there is I go to a lot of uh, conventions and shows and things like that. Um, and I actually will go have a beer or grab coffee with my competitors, with other sales guys. And we don't sit down and like, you know, roast each other or we sit down and like share trade secrets. But we do sit down and talk about obstacles. And I love to hear what they consider to be an obstacle because if it's not an obstacle for me, maybe I'm not targeting certain aspects of the market that they are and I need to be um, or, you know, vice versa. And, you know, sometimes I look at them and, and I hear them talking about something and it is just the way they're approaching it or, you know, they'll say something that gives me an idea of how to improve myself. And, I mean, it's friendly competition at the end of the day. You know, if, if he takes an account from me, he's eating better than me and I'm losing out uh, and vice versa. So we definitely don't sit down and, you know, discuss account, you know, information because we know we all know the same people and we're all going after the same um, people. But we do sit down and talk about the struggles because his struggle and my struggle are the same struggle. And then instead of looking at him as my argent, you know, nemesis, um, I humanize him and realize this is really a cool guy. You know, it's just. Yeah, you know, it's like having buddies on the other team when you're playing baseball. You know, at the end of the game, you guys are all going to go hang out anyway. Same thing at work. I mean, you, you should really get to know your competitors. Right. Well, and I think the thing is, having competitors sometimes looked at as a bad thing, but I think it's a good thing. You know, like you said, you can learn information from them. You can learn how they're doing things that are successful versus not successful look any of the greatest companies out there have had huge failures i mean look 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 at any of the giant corporations and see how many times they've done a press conference apologizing for something stupid they've done you know so you know they all make mistakes but the thing is it's not about making mistakes it's about learning from those mistakes and becoming a better company look when i decided to become a real estate agent how many real estate agents are there out there i mean you know it right Look, this is one of the cheapest fields to go into. It cost me like less than $1,000 to have a license to be able to go and practice real estate. If I sell one house, I've made it back three times, you know, instantly at minimum. Um, you know, but the thing is, it's, it's a saturated market. So I could have easily looked at this and be like, well, I want to be a real estate agent because there's a thousand real estate agents out there. Or I could look at it like this. Houses are being built every single day, which means every single day there's a new opportunity for me to sell a house. <laughs> you know, so there's there's a gazillion houses out there that aren't being tackled that, you know, are, are looking for someone who's got a new approach to the market. Who's not going to do the same thing as the last guy. And that gives me the upper upper hand. If I'm willing to utilize that information and research it and become better than the other guys. That well, are there. Well, you hit, take them down. You hit the nail on the head though, um, which is, you know, going to go right into our next piece here and, and kind of, uh, but, it's, it's marketing. So, you know, you're doing your napkin session and you've gone down and you've done questions one through three. From how do I make money? How much does it cost me? And how am I going to fund it? And then you say, what's the potential for my income? And then the next question is, okay, you got You got all the pieces there. Then your next cost reward piece is how do I market this? How do I gain a customer? Um, you know, in real estate, yeah, I'm, I speak for the same. I, I, I'm new to real estate and there's, just in my network, there's 600, I think. And then you go one county over, and there's like 1,600. Um, and we all are working both counties. So it's a, that's, a, that's an astronomical amount of, of realtors. So the, the, the key piece is marketing. Um, you know, just like an e-commerce uh, site that I'm running, um, uh, my wife actually does a direct sales 
uh, network and the way she markets is completely different than the way I market. So it's understanding who your customer is um, and start marketing it. So I want to kind of jump into the next piece, which is something that's kind of cool. I'm always reading up on like, what's the next trend? How are we going to improve? You know, it seems like, you know, how, how the hell do you improve on what we have? Because we have the ability to cross market and analyze so much data and the data's free. <laughs> so um, I was reading this article that was talking about AI, you know, artificial intelligence. That's huge um, with like Siri and, and things like that that came out. You got this artificial intelligence there. Um, and then, you know, there's ML, which is machine learning. You know, there, that's that's practical where uh, you have uh, certain kind of robotic features. And the more you use it, it becomes it has the ability to problem solve and, and come up with a, a calculated answer to say, you know, uh, if, if I if I wanted to do use an artificial intelligence device and use machine learning, what I would do is I would assign it to your account. And if you came in on the 15th of every month. Um, and you ordered a certain product, it would tell me that you ordered this product on the 15th, and then I could analyze that data and say, hey, this person is more apt to buy my product on the 15th of the month. And I would have the, the ability to say, and this is the product you're buying. So I have a way to market to you based on what you bought and based on when you bought it. Okay? But now there's something new called deep learning um, that is absolutely changing the game. And it's it's still in its infancy, but you're seeing it more and more. Um, This deep learning hyper-personalization is all part of automated marketing. Um, It's getting down to uh, so much more than just those, you know, top-level analytics. And the cool thing is, guys, this is available to all of us. Um, This is available through pay for service, or you can do some research and, and build your own, but it's available to everyone. Facebook is the, cre- you know, this guy came up with the idea that it would be cool to be able to network with all of his buddies. What he didn't realize is all the data that people are giving him absolutely free just so they could network with their buddies. He could turn around and sell that data for billions and billions of dollars. And that's what they're doing. Um, so, um, <clears throat> which I'll come back to that too, because I've got something I want to talk about on, on social media. But right now in marketing, you know, we're talking about this deep learning. Instead of saying what you bought and when you bought it, now they're wanting to say, why did you buy it? And that's freaky, man. Well, I mean, think about that. You go on a website and buy something and they use analytical data to understand why you bought it <laughs> instead of just understanding what you bought. Yeah, that's crazy. <clears throat> it's kind of, kind of creepy to think that a machine's going to now be able to basically read my mind, so... Um, Terminator was true, guys. <laughs> it's you, a real movie about real <laughs> things that are happening. Man, uh, you can you can go on Facebook and run ads, and you can go down there into the into the targeting modes, and you can select people that are most likely to buy a house. I mean, yeah. you can you can market to someone who's likely to move. And how the hell Facebook knows that that's a thing is is beyond me. I don't know how they know, but they are figuring it out. Yeah, it's it's definitely deep level marketing, man. It's it's crazy the extent that you can go through. And I think that's that's one of the things that a lot of people don't understand. One, the, the value in, in Facebook marketing, the, the the fact that it's so cheap. Um, it's, it's it's the cheapest form of marketing you could possibly do. I mean, pretty much. There's other options. Hey, I, I, let me ask you this: How many times have you like? been just like sitting at your desk and you're thinking like man you know it'd be cool is if i had like a a, a, you know a diesel tractor (laughs) like just something off the you you don't you didn't say it you haven't told anyone but you just thought that'd be cool and then you scroll through facebook and it's like hey did you know that you can go to alibaba.com and order a diesel tractor direct from china and save 50 (laughs) percent? and you're like how the hell did they know that What's crazy is, um, you know, like I still have a, a theory that Big Brother listens to us, but the, but I think the reality is a deep learning. They they know through process of elimination of of what I'm doing online, other interests that I'm going to have based on 
you know, uh, an average of the populace. So they're like, oh, this guy's super into this and this and this and this and this that he was searching. And he was talking about this, this, and this. Hell, he's probably interested in these as well because research shows that most people that were searching these items were interested in these items. And so then you see it and you're like, oh, how did they know? You know, so like, yeah, it's, it's well, crazy. And that's such an advantage, though. I mean, it's, it's, it's disturbing on some, some levels, but it's also such an advantage for you as an entrepreneur who's starting up, the fact that you can target people so specifically. You know, the, the thing with, with a radio ad or a billboard ad is that, you know, a, a billboard ad, if you put it up, it, it's in one location. If you do mailers, it, you're just randomly choosing places and sending them out. But if you do Facebook marketing and you use this deep level learning where you can specifically target the people that Facebook thinks and is kind of pretty sure would be interested in this information, you're targeting specific customers that are potential customers for you, as opposed to just putting a billboard up somewhere and hoping that the right person is going to drive by. I mean, there's such a better opportunity in that form of marketing than there is in any other marketing that we've had before. So it's such a cool thing that's at our fingertips. And again, the, the value is, is incredible. I mean, for you, you can set it at $5 a week if you wanted to. And, and your reach is going to be huge even at $5 a week. You know, so it's, it's such a cheap form of marketing. And if you can learn it, and it's such an easy thing, you can Google how do I run Facebook ads effectively. Um, you know, it's, it's such an effective tool that I think people are just really, really missing out it's, on. It's absolutely the thing. I watched a, 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 or listened to, um, you know, we were talking about Gary Vaynerchuk. I was listening to his Ask Gary V, and this guy said, hey, man, I got this cool new startup, what, you know, yada, 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 and I've got like 10000 bucks for marketing. How would you spend it? He said, I'd spend every dime on Facebook. And he was like, um, and then would you like, nope, would you, uh, nope. Would you do anything? No, I would spend every dime on Facebook ads. And, you know, it's because it's so much bang for your buck. But, you know, here's the thing. When you're looking at marketing and you're trying to, you know, go to market with your idea or your concept, uh, what you're going to find is initially your marketing is going to cost you more because it it costs a hell of a lot more money to gain a customer than to keep a customer. Um, But... Um, I do want to transition a little bit so you can think, you know, down the road, maybe you're at a different stage in the game. And you're like, you know, hey, TJ, I, I've already done this. You know, I've already got a, a customer base. I'm not in super startup mode, but I'm looking at ways to, you know, continue marketing. At that point, you need to, to split your budget and, and push some into customer retention because there's a cool survey um, that was actually in the um, Harvard Business Review that was saying, hey, you know, if you if you did specific marketing, and you had a 5% increase in your customer retention, that would lead to 25 to 95% increase in your profits. How insane is that? If you had a 5% increase in your customer retention rate, it could lead you to 25 to 95% increase in your profits. That's the power of marketing. And that's the power of this deep learning Facebook social media marketing that is allowing you to target specific you can target ads to everyone who works for a specific company so if you had like a, you know you were trying to go after coca-cola because you're like man if I could get coca-cola on board these guys would be the best account in the world and I could give them the best service that I just don't know how the hell to get in touch with coca-cola you could go on Facebook run an ad you know put together some little quick video or a little one-shot thing and you could specifically market it to everyone who works for coca-cola in the united states of america and you know build that budget as big as you wanted to and then you know if you're like well i don't want to get the guy who's you know loading the trucks at coca-cola i'm trying to find the freaking people who are decision makers of coca-cola wonderful then you you advertise it to anyone who's an employee of coca-cola and then you go in and you change the financial status to anyone who earns 300 to a million dollars a year and that's who you're going to target and it will run that ad on every single one of those people's facebook and instagram profiles and you all of a sudden have everybody sitting in a, in a, in a conference and they're like damn did you see this thing and now they're like yeah i saw that too guess what you just did you spent like two hundred and five dollars on facebook and you now have everyone in coca-cola talking about your product that's what we're talking about um and you better do it now because it's going to go up i promise you they're not going to let you keep doing it this year cheap 
<laughs> right. And I think this is great because I think a lot of people don't understand, you know, that, that you're able to do that. Because Look, how many people out there put where they work on Facebook? I mean, I do. <laughs> you know, it's just it's part of networking and it's just something that we've all done. Now, obviously, some people, like you said, believe in the big brother thing and, and don't want that information out there so they don't put it. But a lot of people do. And, you know, it's it's. The fact that you can go in and specifically target those people is, is huge. Uh, uh, or if you wanted to get in front of them, you had to go kick down the door. Yeah, but think know? like in a B2B world, let me tell you this. If you're the damn CEO, of, you're the VP of purchasing for the Coca-Cola Corporation, you're going to put that shit on everything you have because that's something – that's a symbol. So I, here's what I'm telling you, B2B guys, is if you're trying to get in touch with the upper-level people – of, of, of a, a large organiza- organization, they're going to have their stuff. They're going to have their um, their name on there. That's going to be part of their their piece. Like, I promise you, no one at that level isn't proud of where they are. It's going to be there. And so you can you can target right into them. But here's the thing. You know what's really crazy is, so this deep, level, this deep learning thing is still in its infancy, so it's only going to get better. And we keep talking about social media the way it exists now. Dude, have you heard about blockchain social media? I don't know if I've, I mean, I know about blockchain, but not. Yeah, well, I mean, what do, you, what do you think of when I say blockchain? First thing pops to your mind. Uh, the digital currency. Yeah, Bitcoin, right? So the, the way that they develop the blockchain for Bitcoin, people are looking at that now. And there's two places. I'm going to shout these out real quick. Uh, one is SoMe.Social, S-O-M-E-E.Social. This is a blockchain social media, okay? It's brand new. It's just a beta tester, but go to SoMe.Social, set up your account, get involved, and just kind of follow it and see where this thing goes because I think it's going to be the next wave. And basically what they're doing is Facebook has so much censorship in certain countries, you can't effectively reach certain people. And I have friends who are affected by this in China. There's certain things we can and can't communicate to them. Well, you get into blockchain, all of a sudden all that goes away. Um, it's a way past, um, you know, having this sensory. Uh, there's a lot of talk about, you know, that Facebook uh, and Twitter were censoring conservative political views. You know, uh, hell, I don't know if they were or not, but apparently it was big enough to cause a stink, you know, on the news networks. So I saw it. Um, well, this blockchain is a way to get around that as well. You can't – it eliminates the ability for a big brother or a somebody higher up the chain silencing you or telling you you can't access it. So it's it's, it's really neat, and I'm, I'm anxious to see where it goes. And what really excites me about SoMe um, is because this other company that's doing blockchain called Loyal, L-O-Y-Y-A-L. Um, if you've ever been a part of like a loyalty rewards program, like think about your grocery store, right? You got your, you know, your your grocery card store where you tell them what you're buying so they can jack the prices up, but they give you a discount on like, you know, uh, fudge flavored salmon or something. But you know, um. but, but it's your loyalty <laughs> program, right? My wife is the queen of, of 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 loyalty programs. We get so much mail. If I get 15 pieces of mail seven of them or something to my wife telling her hey you're we're, we're so glad you're a member and but so this loyal is blockchain loyalty and what it does is it, it it integrates the the manufacturer to the distributor the distributor to the customer the customer to the manufacturer and vice versa and so now you have this whole big thing to be able to run rebates and stay connected through blockchain i'm telling you blockchain is going to be the next big thing and you heard it here first folks i think i might have beat gary v to this because i tried to find him on so me and he's not here so i'm no, gonna i'm gonna tweet out at him later today and be like hey bro why ain't you on so me and then he'll be like because i think it's a bust but the um <laughs> but right now i'm telling you blockchain is going to be huge and it, the the block if you don't know about blockchain don't google it because it'll confuse the hell out of you but oh, yes. the the way it works when we're talking about this deep learning and marketing you're, you're going to see this take over the world. Um, so uh, just want to throw that out there. And also, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's, it's really being developed right now. That, that's why it's so confusing. Um, you know, you, you got to really have a, an understanding of how all that stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like Tia said, if you Google it, you're probably just going to be confused by it. So try to, try to find someone who understands it and have them explain it to you. <laughs> 
Yep. Otherwise, he's just going to be like, they're stupid because I don't understand this and no one understands it, so no way it's going to get big. But that's what the people thought about the internet too. So just remember that. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, like, that's good. Hey, but here's, here's what's crazy, man. Like I know we're talking about a lot of technological stuff, and we may have lost a few of you, but I hope you, you hang in here because here's what I want you to think. You're like, holy hell, blockchain. You know, I, just, I just figured out Facebook, bro. And you know, now you figured out how to use my DVR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but here's the thing, man. How many, how many of us have uh, Alexa? You know, uh, somewhere in your home. Uh, like, it's it's huge. If you don't have Alexa, you have Siri on your phone, and you tell Siri to do everything that, under the sun. Um. So, but Alexa is Amazon's, you know, AI voice recognition software, and it was, you know, originally it was kind of like the the. Amazon's version of, of a Siri um, to be able to say, hey, Alexa, play this song. Um, well, dude, it, that thing has developed so much. Um, I'm going to blow your mind with something. So Alexa was debuted in November 2014, right? So yep. we're, we're not even in November 2018. So we're not even four years from the concept being revealed, right? And it's a, it is an app-based product that 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 you know they can put it in the dot or they can put it in the echo or they can put it in different devices but it's an artificial intelligence that's voice activated and it speaks back to you through voice dude how about alexa can now interact with people who speak sign language that's nuts how the hell is my mind can't wrap around that that's what I'm telling you. Marketing and the way we market is changing. You now have a voice-activated artificial intelligence device that someone has figured out a way. Instead of having voice recognition only, they put a camera system on you know one of these Echo devices or something, and so someone who is hearing impaired can speak sign language to Alexa, and it still it will use AI to do tasks for them and communicate back to them. What an, what, this is just an incredible time that we live in. You know, I, it's it's funny, man. I I think back to a story when I came out of college. I, I went into a, a high-end home theater installation company, and um, I ended up at a guy's house that had to install a, a DVD recorder. All right, DVD recorder <laughs> and, uh, starting to take over VCR recorders. And when I went in this dude's house, he had like thirty. VCR setup. He, he, I guess he was big into gambling. He liked to record all the sports that came on TV and he'd go back and watch them and he, he bet a lot on them and everything. But this guy was just absolutely livid. He, he couldn't believe because he tried his hardest to order a VCR recorder from us and we didn't have them. And he tried, he checked Best Buy, he checked everywhere and no one had them anymore and he was just pissed. He was so upset that he was being forced to use his DVD recorder. And while I was there, he was complaining about it. And then he was telling me how his job was, God, I hate my job. I can't believe it. They're forcing me to learn how to use this, these computers. And I, I just, I don't understand. Why do I have to use, I've never used the computers before. Why are they making me rec- use these, these, these stupid computers and blah, 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 blah. And he just spent this whole time complaining. I walked away from that and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm young. Obviously, I believe in the technology. I wanted, you know, all this fancy equipment at my house because I love technology. And I walked away thinking like, OK, this this poor guy, you know, he's he's stuck, you know, um, living in the past. And as much as he wanted to complain about it, as hard as he looked, he could probably go probably still now and occasionally at Goodwill find a VCR recorder. <laughs> I mean, you guys know what that is. But, you know, he. He can't get it anymore. Like he, he said how stupid that was and how much he hated it. But in the end, he still had to use a DVD recorder. And now he's, you know, that, I don't even know that they make those anymore. Um, but you know, you can fight this technology. You can fight these things that are changing. But ultimately, in the end, you're just the old guy complaining about it. You're not the guy who is smart enough to capitalize on it and use it. If if Alexa can turn a piece of technology into something so spectacular that a person with hearing impaired or the, the hearing impaired can use that technology to their advantage and, and communicate in a way that they weren't able to before why wouldn't you want to be a part of that movement how 
incredible is it that we live in a time the technology is doing things well you know it's just exciting i've got well and i've got a tie-in here because you know i'm big into the building community not only am i a real estate agent but i'm in the building products development stage and i do building product sales um so i'm always interacting with contractors and different builders and stuff and there's there's something really cool and i'm gonna shout them out because i think it's awesome is the uh lennar corporation right is uh, made an agreement with Alexa, um, the Alexa division of Amazon, to install fully uh, voice-activated, or, or well, I'm just going to say AI because now you can even sign to the thing, but a, a complete smart home package powered by Alexa. They're going to build 35,000 of them this calendar year. So by December 31st, 2018, Lenar Corporation is building 35,000 homes across the United States fully equipped with Alexa. So it's the wave of the future, guys. It's the wave of the future for marketing. You need to get on board. Uh, you know, billboards, they're always going to be there. The the newspaper, if that's – do they still make newspapers? <laughs> I think they do. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know for how much longer. <laughs> and I don't but, know that they're actually making money off of them. <laughs> so anyway. The couponers, it, I'm sorry. All the coupon ladies out there, we're sorry. Yeah. We're not trying to ruin your world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, most of that's app based now anyway. But um, True. Th- th- here's the crazy thing: it's the wave of the future, guys. You'll be doing yourself a favor if if you don't get in on social media marketing right now and the way that you know this online ab- ability to target your audience. Three to five years from now, you're gonna kick yourself in the ass so hard and so many times. It's gonna be insane. Um, but hey, I, I do um, before we wrap up, I do want to take a moment and spotlight. Um, some badass entrepreneurs. <laughs> Is that cool with you? Yeah, man, I like it. All right, dude. So this this guy Marcus Ling, and and I, I pardon me if I've got it wrong, um, but I just saw this and had to shout them out. These guys. Uh, so this Marcus Ling has um, a company called Backfly, and his vision. Okay, so I want I speak to the heart of entrepreneurs here. His vision is he wants to create a flying car, okay? Um, well, guys, uh, he did, and they just did a, uh, a big test with it. They had several people who had never operated one before uh, show up, and they effectively flew this flying car uh, like 20 or 30 miles, um, and uh, I think they hit speeds of almost like 60 miles an hour in the process. Here's the cool thing. Uh, the way this thing's designed, you don't have to have a pilot's license. It operates within the same space of drones, uh, and that's basically what this thing looks like. I, we'll post a video uh, on social media and show you these guys flying this damn, uh, you know, backfly, which uh, to me it's just like a human drone. But, you know, they're calling it a flying car. I think that's cool. 30 years, man. This guy's been thinking about this for 30 years. So what I'm telling you is not only is Backfly an awesome company and they've come up with an incredible concept and man, you talk about someone who's shaking the foundations of, of the way we, we operate as a society. But here's my thing. Here's, here's the biggest takeaway from me seeing this Marcus Ling and Backflies. Okay. Here's, here's how this correlates down to Launchpad and our listeners and, and all you guys is what the hell is your excuse? <laughs> if, if this guy can create a flying car, why can't you start that that side hustle? <laughs> That's dude. As soon as I read it, because I'm just sitting here like, oh man, I don't know if this would ever work. And then I I see a guy's like, I'm gonna invent a flying car, and he did. Yeah, and what? I bet I bet 30 years ago when he started this, his friends told me it was stupid. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I, guys, I mean, if you don't take anything else away, take away this. Um, you need to market, and no matter what. Could you imagine the nap concession for the back fly flying car? Holy hell. Hey, uh, how do I make money? Well, I've got to sell a flying car. How much does it cost? I don't know, a billion dollars? Like, I, I have no idea what the hell it costs to make a flying car. Uh, how am I going to fund it? i got to convince people to give me money and tell them I'm going to create a Jetson car. And, you know, th- think about this. If anybody should have been intimidated by the numbers, it's this guy. And then what's the potential for income? zilch you know unless i can figure out a way to convince somebody instead of buying a honda they should buy a backfly you know like that's a whole nother world 
Um, so, yeah, how the hell do I market this? No clue. The best thing he did was put a video on YouTube of him flying this son bitch around because now you can't. I want one. You know, right. I don't even know if you if I if I meet the weight requirements, but I'm, you know, what I'm saying I, I'm, I'm gonna stick with this diet and exercise plan. Maybe who knows? By the time they they're mass marketed, maybe I can afford to get one and meet the weight requirements. Well, but you know what? The cool thing is, man, is that this dude at the end of the day he may sell zero of those. He could have put thirty years, thousands or hundreds or millions of dollars into it, and he he might sell four. But at the end of the day, this dude gets to say, I built a flying car. Y'all told me I was an idiot, but I built a flying car. And I didn't make Mark Zuckerberg money off of it, but I made a flying car. I mean, so who cares at the end of the day if you're successful or not? You may fail at this company. You may fail at 10 companies. You may fail at 30 companies. You might strike gold on your first company. Who knows? But the thing is that if you never try, if you never do it, then you'll always wonder. And that's the whole reason why we started the Launchpad Podcast, is we wanted to to inspire, advocate, inspire, move. You know, we wanted you to have that opportunity to be inspired. And listen, maybe listening to this guy who created flying cars was going to inspire you to, to start your lawn care business. Who knows? Maybe it's not. <laughs> but, you know, if that's what we can do at the end of the day, that's that's ultimately what we wanted to do. So that's that's awesome, man. I, it, I love I love flying cars and uh, yeah, get one. I just want I just want to ride with you. <laughs> it is it's it is absolutely the coolest thing ever. So um, yeah, I'm putting I'm putting it up right now. Like I can't. So if you're listening, you, all you got to do is just go to our um, Facebook page, um, which is facebook.com uh, slash Launchpad Movement, uh, or you can find us on Instagram at Launchpad Movement. Um, but yeah, I'm putting this up here and you guys just go check it out. It is the coolest thing to see this, these people flying this freaking thing. Uh, so I don't know. You go check it out. Hey, I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us today. Um, tell us your story. You know what I mean? We just shared a story with you. A guy created a flying car. What the, what are you working on? What is your obstacle? What are you doing? Reach out to us. That's somebody right now. That's right. <laughs> They're calling. They're calling now. But yeah, y'all, y'all, let us know. We want to know what you're working on, what you're doing, guys. We're we're still looking for guys to be on the podcast. We are going to be doing this more consistently. TJ and I took a little bit of a break because things got crazy, but we're going to be coming back at you consistently. We may not have the interviewees on this show, unfortunately, um, on every episode, but we want to keep bringing you guys content. So we're going to try to have creative topics like this to talk about we're going to talk about what we're doing what other people are doing the people that are too afraid to come on the show what they're doing (laughs) um as we try to line this stuff up because here's the thing we've tried to record a lot of episodes and sometimes technology time or any other excuse in the book has gotten in the way of us being able to do that and that's prevented us from dropping episodes and we're not going to do that anymore we want to keep bringing you guys content so if you got suggested ideas things you want to hear us talk about drop it on the launch pad podcast facebook page instagram page let us know um we want to keep bringing interesting content to you so let us know what you want to hear there and uh be on the lookout for new stuff we're we're going to be bringing it to you guys all right i appreciate you guys listening and we're out see ya 